Hey, oh, welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank, and I'm here with Lance. Lance, how you doing? Good, man. How about you? Doing good, doing good. Uh, now, you're from the Comic Book Keepers podcast. Really great podcast, and it's really good for those who are comic book fans and kind of a hole that we have. Like, we're comic book fans. We don't read enough of them. I don't know how you guys do it. Uh, can you guys, can you give a quick rundown of what your guys' show's about? So, what uh, me and, so I, I normally have a, a regular co-host, uh, Chris Daly. He's currently stepped away from the podcast for a bit because he's also running and DMing a different uh, D&D style podcast right now. So he's crazy busy on top of a full-time job and a bunch yeah. of other stuff. But he'll eventually come back. And so I've had like a rotation of different podcasting friends come on and it's been a blast. But we like to take one comic book character, team or series at a time and break it down, give a history behind the creators give bio origin of the characters, make uh, reading recommendations. And, and we like to do a little bit of a, a what if segment, which nice. uh, is fitting now that the show is out as well. We like to take a concept from the storyline and kind of flip it on its head. Uh, one of my favorite ones we did was for our Invincible episode, we had to create a, a parody character because oh, all of yeah. those characters are parodies. Yeah, And uh, I, I had a blast making, that one i i pretty much just made a whole new comic series yeah <laughs> oh man invincible is so good too <laughs> that's that's had a bit fun um so do you guys normally kind of like say you know shang chi's coming out do you guys do an episode about shang chi just kind of get everybody warmed up for it yeah so w we try to do about aligning characters with releases we have not been the best with it uh just because we we schedule our episodes so far in advance we just kind of pick characters that we're really interested in learning more about because we're, we're trying to learn about the characters just as much as the audience right. that we're talking to. So we, we are in no way experts on any of the characters we cover. We just wanted to read more comics and, and focus our attention on something that we didn't know as much about. It, it's one of those, those things where we're, we're trying to do better with aligning things up. We'll say that the next episode that we're releasing that I'm recording fairly soon is going to be covering Carnage. Nice. It will it'll drop after the release of Venom. Let there be Carnage. So we we're trying to line it up there. And I'm going to be joined by uh, Chris from the Geek Peak. I'm super excited because oh, cool. he's an awesome dude and we're going to have a lot of fun recording that one. That's going to be a blast. Yeah, Carnage is fun to talk about just in general. So that's really cool. <laughs> mm hmm. Uh, do you guys ever talk about uh, indie comics or is it just basically the mainstream guys? We like to talk indie. So for mm -hmm. us, like we wanted to cover Invincible when we did before the show came out. That was something that we wanted to do. Like we did like I don't even know if TMNT is considered indie anymore just because it's, so yeah. <laughs> it's so mainstream. But yeah, we're yeah. trying to do better about taking comics that are not as well known. Like we did we did Old Guard. Which mm -hmm. cool, but there, yeah, we're trying to mix it up a little bit more because when we're when we're making our episodes, we want to make sure that we're not doing repeats of like back to back. We try not to do back to back of anything. So if we do a right. Marvel character, we want to switch it up and do a DC character, an indie comic book character. If we do a hero, we want to jump to a villain, or we want to jump to an anti-hero or yeah. team ensemble. Just because if you just keep doing the same thing over and over, it it gets tired and people create the podcast we get tired too it's like mm -hmm. this is this sounds familiar <laughs> let's, yeah. let's switch things up a little bit well, what do you guys do over on your tiktok i just noticed you guys had a tiktok what, what's your content over there like 
<laughs> that that is just me doing random things. Okay. Uh, I I am to learn how to do it, but it it takes a lot of time to figure out how to do it the right way. And then at the same time, it looks like the things that are the simplest are the things that get the most traction. I know. Yeah. uh Uh-huh. I was, I was, I was going to do a full like series of, uh, my thoughts of what was going to happen in Spider-Man No Way Home. And I made the first one. Quickly learned that I had zero free time on my hands. So that, that disappeared. I probably will try and finish or do a few more of those, but yeah. Uh, it's an inconsistent medium for us. It's hard because the algorithm over there doesn't quite make sense. And effort definitely does not result in views or anything like that. So real tricky. Uh, <laughs> Try to figure that yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. I, I have a buddy. He, so my friend Weston, uh, he created our theme song on the show and he is the creator of arcane anthems, which okay. is a, uh, like, not not solely D&D, but he creates music for the D&D community for free. He has a Patreon at Arcane Anthems. He's also on TikTok. Like, he tells me all the time, it's like, I spent five hours making this parody video. It got this many views, this many likes. And I'll say, and then I made this. And it's just him, like, mouthing the words to some random, for, like, catchphrase or something. And it'll be, like, 500,000 likes or 500,000 views or something. He's like, it makes no sense. No justice, man. No justice at all over there. No. <laughs> yeah. You could just have somebody like walk into a store. I've seen it so many times. Walk into a store to show what they bought that day. And that's like trending. And I'm like, but how? <laughs> and you did nothing. Why do I care? But there it is. You know, that's how it is. Yeah. I was, I, I did a review of the Spider-Man No Way Home, uh, no Way Home trailer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all I said was, I like pretended to be a newscaster. But, and I was like, yeah, it's good. And then just ended it. And that one did better than the other things I was doing. So it makes zero sense. <laughs> yeah, it just depends on what kid clicks it. <laughs> In the end of the day, that's what, that's what matters. <laughs> and if that kid shares it with their other friends, that's it. Um, all right. So let's go over what we're going to be doing today. Uh, we're going to be going over top five. It's real tricky. Top five Marvel villains. Now, we didn't go over necessarily what that means. Best, strongest, favorite, whatever. How did you judge your criteria on this? This is a little bit of a mixture. There, there, were, there are some characters that are more towards the top that I will say are definitively, I believe they are, or they are the best Marvel villain. Mm-hmm. And then there's a few near the bottom that I just connected with and enjoy. And one particular is more about the potential of the character moving forward in the comics than yeah. anything else. So it's, it's a, a mix of it. And if you had asked me to do this next week, my list probably would have been different. Or if you right. asked me a week before, probably would have been different. So this is, I do not consider this a definitive top five of the best because that just makes everyone yell and scream at each other. Yeah. So this is more how I felt like listing some villains at the this time. week <laughs> yeah in this exact moment yeah and it, it is so tough too because it's like well this one's technically stronger but does that make it better no you know stuff like that so i kind of did ones that i felt like the mcu is missing out on the ones that i think that uh should be brought into more mainstream uh, attention 
some that are no brainers, right? And then some that I think there are a couple on my list actually that MCU did, but they did them wrong. So we'll talk about that too. Yes. I'm going to go ahead and start our list off with my number five, which is kind of a weird one, but it's the Sentinels. I just, I've always, as you know, as a 90s kid, 90s X Men cartoon, you got the Sentinels flying around. They're always badass. They're, I love the big old, like the Mach 2 to like, I think six, or whatever, the real big ones. And just when you see Wolverine tearing through one of those things, you're hyped. I mean, it's just full 90s kid glory right there. Uh, I mean, what what a classic. You got Colossus throwing Wolverine. I'm done. That's it. That's all I need in a comic book and I'm happy. <laughs> what, are, what are your thoughts? A great choice because it, it's that's a villain that sets up so much that the heroes can do stuff with. Like, exactly. Yeah. As soon as you see a Sentinel, my same thing as you. My first thought is, oh man, Colossus is going to throw Wolverine at that thing. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's just, it goes straight to your nerdy childhood. Uh, like, we did an episode on our top uh, Marvel team, like hero teams, a little mm-hmm. while ago. And X Men was both of our number one. Just yeah. it, it so much nostalgia to it. And the Sentinels are a very big part of that. So I, what it, so the question is, what did you think of how the Sentinels in like Days of Future Past? I mean, not, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, Days of Future Past is when they were in there. Um, It wasn't great. I mean, they were there and I was happy that they made Sentinels at all. But I mean, when you, when you read the, like the comic book Days of Future Past, the Sentinels are outstanding. I, I, we were just reviewing that. Well, I guess it was about, about a year now, COVID times. Who knows what time is anymore? Um, but when Magneto Thing is like anymore. flying, <laughs> when Magneto's flying through the air, like in a hand of a Sentinel, it was just like that image is the best. <laughs> That's so great. And so, um, yeah, I need that statue. I saw that there is a statue of that somewhere and I need to find it and get it because uh, it's dope as hell. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you think of them in the, in the movie compared to like the comic book? concept they did with them like using mystique's essentially dna to alter them i thought that was a great concept is that how i imagine my sentinels no not at all but i think that they could have i guess how how else would you do it just because any if they just there's a different robot they gave it a different name and the same power they'd be like that's just sentinels with powers right really do too much with that but i i really enjoyed the concept but of course i always want to see the original signals yeah do you think now that we're going to be getting the x-men into the mcu that maybe mcu will tackle the original um, uh, sentinels or do gives us something different i will be shocked if we don't get sentinels in the mcu all right so uh what do you have for your number five then my number five is the character that I am currently researching right now for our upcoming episode, and that's going to be Carnage. Nice. Uh, I am becoming more obsessed with Cletus Cassidy as I'm doing research for this episode. I- I've always been a massive Symbiote fan. At least, I want to say, 70%, maybe 60% comic book collection is Symbiote. Related in some way because Venom is one of my favorite characters of all time. Yeah. I have Venom on my top five villain list because in recent years, he's gone from being a villain to an antihero to a straight up just superhero now. He is yeah. no longer the antihero. He's just a superhero. And through Absolute Carnage and then King in Black, there's been so much development for Cassidy and, 
and carnage in general. Legitimately a serial killer who was able to join with an alien goat that just enhanced how absolutely murderous he is and gives him superpowers and an ability to make axe weapons out of his hands. It, it, it's a perfect villain. There doesn't need to be a rhyme or reason to what he's doing because nobody involved is, you know, 100% there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it's just something you could have fun with. Absolute chaos. Absolute chaos, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah Carnage is so excellent. Donnie Cates, he's just, everything he does is great. And, you know, I, I'm a Thor fan myself, so he's there too. Um, yeah, good move. Good move on Carnage. Uh, all right, I'll go with my number four. And my number four is one of those where Marvel MCU did them wrong. Ultron. Ultron deserves so much more than the MCU gave him. I actually liked, I liked, you know, that version of, of Ultron, but expand on it. You're not going to just stop Ultron there. Wait till he goes to space and he actually becomes the Ultron that we know and love. And so um, I'm really hoping that the MCU picks him up. I was thinking like, hey, maybe he's going to be in Iron Wars up ahead or put him in one of these Disney series that we're getting. That's where he really, I know he's going to be in What Ifs, right? But there we go. If he could be in What Ifs and he could be this main villain, then he could be in... I don't know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, like put him in that one or something like that. So Ultron, he's too big of a bad to be, you know, just put aside in one movie. I hope they bring him back. He's an emperor, like give him his empire, you know. I, I'm not even going to beat around the bush. Ultron is also my number four. <laughs> is he? Nice. Awesome. <laughs> yes, he, exactly the same number. And for very much the same reasons. He is, he is that has so much potential. In the MCU, an impeccable casting. His voice yes. is perfection. Like the strings on me trailer oh, my legitimately God. got so hyped for that movie. Yeah. People down on Age of Ultron. And I did too the first time I watched it. Right, right. Recent rewatchings character, the walking out, the broken suit is amazing we get to see we have the introduction of so many different characters in that movie we have we have vision and we get to see vision pick up the hammer in that same movie like we get to see the beginnings of captain america like oh could he pick up mjolnir yeah like there's there's that little tease that gets paid off in endgame we get to see a hulk buster we get to see hulk versus the hulk buster <laughs> like there there are so many good things about that movie that I look over its faults at this point and just think it is amazing. I guarantee you Ultron is coming back. I think he's too good of a character and too easily explained for returning. Yeah. Because he's, he can never be killed. He can just upload himself to somewhere else. Mm -hmm. When he comes back and if they get to play him up and don't make him such a throwaway, more people are going to say, oh, I always liked Age of Ultron. Of because, course, yeah. <laughs> be, you know, it, it's what always happens. It, all they need is a redemption for that character. Just like he's biding his time. Make a great backstory for why he was waiting to come back. Perfect situation. Do the story and everyone will lose their minds. Yeah. Yeah. You're 100% right on the casting too. I mean, that, that No Strings on Me trailer really kind of shook me, honestly. That thing came out. They could do anything with him. They could put him up against Guardians of the Galaxy, even. Like, you could just kind of throw him against anybody you want. 
it can be explained. It's Ultron. He's he's so adaptable. He ain't going anywhere. Uh, basically, the next one on my list is is kind of the same situation. I mean, it's Ultron is a badass, and there's no doubt he's coming back. I do like that idea that yeah, people are gonna be like, well, of course, Ultron's always been great. <laughs> no. All right, what do you have for your uh, number? Oh, we already have your number four. Okay, so then I'll go with my number three. That's right. Okay, perfect. My number three is Annihilus. This is like a Thanos-level villain, I believe, in the future uh, of the MCU. He's from, you know, was it the negative dimension or the negative zone? I always get it wrong with the <laughs> Superman one. Um, he's just kind of sitting there biding and waiting his time. And I kind of feel like there's there's a, there's a, eight, a species eight four seven two in Star Trek's kind of this too, where like they just can't breach it because they know that if they expose that massive, powerful of a creature to our world, it'll just destroy it. And I feel like that's kind of the idea the entire time with Annihilus is here. He's this thing that's evolved and just took his time, and you know he's got this cosmic rod, and he just became so freaking strong and powerful. He has his wave that the moment you let him into our world, it's an all-out threat. I mean, the Fantastic Four can barely keep him at bay anytime he pokes his head out. And I, there's been times where it's like, there's one where like this portal was opening up and they're like, close the portal quick! And they do, and they get him on the other side of it. Um, he, he's too big. He's. I just love that idea that like, just keep him contained. It's like how Star, uh, how Doctor Strange handles Dormammu. You know, it's just like, we can't fight him, just keep him locked away. <laughs> he's too strong for us. So that's, that's Annihilus. He'll be great in the MCU someday. I also think we'll get eventually, but you're for sure right. Like it has to be more of a Thanos level entity. And the fact that we're getting Fantastic Four soon mm-hmm. lets me believe that it, it is eventually coming. So just just having Fantastic Four in the MCU is going to open up so many different avenues and different storylines. But I think you're 100% right. I, it's more of that containing rather than defeating situation. Yeah, it, to me, that's always fun, too. Like, the idea that you're... Because then the villain goes away, just like, again, with Dormammu right now. And it's like, that threat's still there. And, yeah, you're fighting this guy right now, but remember, <laughs> if that cracks open a little bit, boom, you got you got an Ilus on your wave, or in his wave coming through there. Um, he's he's a great villain. And then, the, you know, there's a Galactus on the horizon. You can kind of have him toying with Galactus and stuff. And, ah, and it just opens up so much. I'm very happy that we have Fantastic Four. Possibly, I mean, no, that, no, I can't say more because X-Men is my all-time favorite, you know, growing up. But them coming to the MCU is going to be really fantastic. It's going to open up so much more cosmic and dimensional stuff, and that's going to be a blast to see. Having villains that could come back is so much more compelling. Like, Dormammu can come back, and I really hope we get Flaming Skull Dormammu <laughs> the next time. Like, yeah. <laughs> si- size down so he can actually just interact with this huge, like, entity that doesn't have more of a corporeal form because i feel like at the time they made dormammu they were trying to make him out to be more of a galactus level character because they didn't have the 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 rights to fantastic four and they talked about Dormammu as like a devourer of worlds and very much a galactus thing so i i'm interested to see how they'll play with galactus moving forward and dormammu there's there's just so much that can happen yeah, that'll be, yeah, we have so much still to see. All right, Lance, what do we have for your number three? Now we're getting into those characters where I do believe these are top tier okay. M's, like, not MCU, top tier Marvel. Marvel, like, comic book villains. I'm going with 
Norman Osborn, Green Goblin. Nice. Wow. All right. Yeah, Green Goblin. Not on my list this... at all, even in my honorable mentions, which is a shame. Dive deep, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is... Yes. The... Spider-Man has always been one of those characters that has... I've just connected with Spider-Man my entire life. He's the character that got me really into comic books. I was obsessed as soon as I saw the first Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie. I think I was like 11 when it came out. I I was always into like, of course, I loved the cartoons of everything. Like I was into the Spider-Man animated series. I was into X-Men, the animated series, Batman, the animated series, all of those. But it wasn't until I saw the Sam Raimi first Spider-Man film that I was like, holy crap superheroes can be this and of of course that first film has green goblin and i remember thinking that norman osborne was the craziest character i'd ever yeah. seen and i loved him being able to use these different gadgets and like he also got strong but he also built he like he has his suit and he's actually able to go toe to toe with Spider-Man, with all these different gadgets and pumpkin bombs. I mean, he has freaking pumpkin bombs. Like, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It, and it's such a rich history with the character in the comic books because he does have a relationship with Peter. He is a villain against, like, Spider-Man. Like, you have his son, Harry Osborn, is Pete's really good friend for a very long time. There, there's so many interlocking moments of their relationship and then you just get these heartbreaking moments like he killed Gwen Stacy. Oh, I know. <laughs> like like that that was the moment where Peter realized what it meant to be a superhero, to to feel true loss. Like he lost the love of his life while trying to save her. Yeah, that was, and it it wasn't. I remember like, that cover so well. <laughs> you know, it's like so iconic. Yeah, the, the comic books. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it's like I I am desperate to try and get my hands on ASM one twenty one and one twenty two just because I love the storyline so much. I also think Gwen Stacy is much better for Peter Parker than Mary Jane. <laughs> <laughs> debate, anyway, debate. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it and it's like Peter was so close to saving her but it's just the fact that it it was too strong of a catch and then it snaps her neck like it's not like the ground broke her neck no it's like he caught her but it was too forceful and her neck broke it's a heartbreaker (laughs) so brutal it is so brutal and the fact that it's just like the green goblins at the center of it and he has a great character design the laugh is amazing there there's just so much to that character that it 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 has always been like more of the top tier of my lists, and I really like the idea that you know he's the whole like oh you know my son's friend kind of thing like they they've known each other for so long and there's like so much respect between the two that uh, between Peter Parker and him so it's kind of just man it's just really cool layers I kind of feel like now I'm thinking about it Vulture in the MCU is kind of I think filling in that hole for a bit until you know probably this next movie maybe yeah <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. Hmm. totally. That's a good pick. All right. Uh, my next one's going to be yeah. out of left field. Uh, the Purple Man. Oh, Def- I, I'm 100% here for this. All right. Good, good. Uh, people don't know how badass this character is. First of all, okay, Jessica Jones, if you guys watch that. Legit great character in Jessica Jones. They did, they did a great yeah. job with him, I think. Um, I, I like Jessica Jones a lot. 
But yep. you want the best version if you're looking for like animation or or, or anything like that. Um, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, a short-lived TV series that was far better than what Marvel came uh, came with after that. Um, and they did an episode, and it's, it shows how powerful the Purple Man is, um, Kilgrave. So in this one, he convinces, Vision goes away, whatever, he's doing like an update, so he takes a month off. Uh, in that time, for, <laughs> time span, he convinced, Purple Man convinces Iron Man he needs to police the world more strictly to keep everybody safe. And what he's not realizing is that Iron Man now has like these drones and robots just everywhere in the world. And yeah, that means the Purple Man took over the world through Iron Man. And Thor's his bodyguard. <laughs> it's just not. <laughs> Vision comes back and he's like, oh, wait a minute, what the hell happened? And you know, luckily Vision is is okay against Purple Man, but uh-huh. If you put Purple Man in any situation, as long as he's near the guy or the, you know, the hero or whomever, boom, he's good to go. There's very few things that stop him except for like space. So if he's if he's too far away or over time or whatever, that's gonna be a problem. But he's he's like that. And then like once he's in you, he kind of stays in you as Jessica Jones did a really good job of showing too, where it's like he's kind of always haunting you, which is really cool. They did that with like the Batman video games or like Joker's haunting basically uh, Batman. It's the same thing that happens with Kilgrave. And just to think that like you're walking around minding your own business and then your Daredevil, Daredevil's always hearing that Kilgrave whispers in his ears or something like that. It's just is so cool. Um, I, they, I don't know how they could put him in the MCU, but they got to bring him into the MCU. Uh, same actor and everything. They just, they killed it. Yeah. David Tennant is That's it. a <laughs> jewel of a human being. Uh, I was obsessed with him as Doctor Who and like, oh, he's such a good villain. He plays yeah. the bad guy so well. And like, oh, what's, what's her name? It's uh, Kristen Ritter, Kirsten Ritter. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so bad with the Kristens and the Kirstens. I think it's Kristen Ritter. Um, <laughs> We got Kirsten Dunst. And, oh, I'm so confused. <laughs> it's this, it's, yeah. it's nebulous MJ. name. <laughs> but man, that show was so good. I well, the first season was so good. Right. Uh, and I, I'm right there with you. I want I want David Tennant in the MCU. And depending on what we get with Far From Home, potentially Kingpin showing up, maybe some Matt Murdock. We we might see right. Jessica Jones showing up. There's there are rumors that Jessica Jones is coming in for the She-Hulk series, but of course, all rumors. I'd be mm-hmm. fine with all of the Netflix, like Marvel shows showing up, except for Iron Fist. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the rest of them can come play for sure. I would love to see that. But Purple Man is one of those characters that it's like, yeah, okay, there's this guy and he, what what's special about him? Oh, he can make you do whatever he wants because he can just tell you to do something and you'll do it. What? That's so messed up. Like he he is heinous too. Like he does horrible things. He's yeah. not just he's not just out for power. He's just a bad person. He's kind of playing a lot of times, you know? Like he wants his own safety, I think is kind of one of the core tenements of him is is he wants to make sure that he's always safe, but he will he's just twisted in that way. Like he'll make you do things that and I love it too, because like while they're doing it, there's a lot of times where they show like people are just like fighting back sometimes, or like you know those are they're on the edge of strong enough. And uh, nope, you're gonna do it. <laughs> it's yep. just awful. <laughs> he he is the Prince Joffrey of the MCU. Oh man, now you make if, me want him more. <laughs> if if Prince Joffrey could just 
tell people to do things like that's who Kilgrave is. He's just messed up in the head. He wants just horrible things to happen all the time. And that's what this character is. He would just make people do horrific things and he would get insane amount of enjoyment from it. Yeah. And watching them try to make a movie around him would, I mean, just, just thinking of how you would even have that approached. Like we, we know that he can handle Thor. Like there's some people out there. I'm sure they'll have like magical defenses or whatever against it. They'll make excuses, of course, but he would have a lot of impact. And he's just like the dude standing in the corner of the room, which is one of my favorite things is when you walk into the room, he's just the guy standing in the corner over there. He's not like some Loki dressed character or something like that. It's like, no, I'm just here in a suit that, yeah, purple, but you know, he doesn't have to be, you could, you could not do the purple version was fine by me. And um, yeah, he's just like so unseeming and controlling everything that you see right now. It's fantastic. So messed up. All right. What do we have for your number two? I'm going strong with number two. I got Magneto. It's I like Magneto is one of those characters that, yeah, he does some really messed up things. He goes over the line many times, but you see where he's coming from. And that's one of those things that makes a compelling villain. He legitimately survived the Holocaust. And so not only was demonized and and like segregated and put into a camp because of a religion and being a part of a community of people, he like he was then on top of that also pushed aside because he was a mutant. And so like finding out those powers later on and you, you see what happens when a man just gets pushed a little too far multiple times, considering the fact that, you know, the Holocaust happened. Right. It, it, it's one of those things where, like, I don't blame Magneto for anything he does. But the fact that he has an amazing power in being able to just control anything that's metal whatsoever, the power of magnetism, eh, which actually makes him able to defeat pretty much any Avenger immediately. Like, <laughs> Iron Man suit, crunch. Like, throw Mjolnir back at Thor? Sure. Cap <laughs> shield? That's a frisbee to him. Like, there's... Yeah. It's hard to go up against Magneto, but he's such a compelling character. And the fact that he can have these deep conversations with Xavier and... They butt heads, but they understand one another's perspective and they just go at it from different ways. And just what he as a character stands for makes him such a compelling villain. He is wonderful. He's one of those villains where you're like, look, I'm just on the other side of you, but I'm agreeing with what you're doing. It's just unfortunately, I'm going to be shrapnel in your war. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, you have Xavier and the X-Men versus him and his brotherhood. And so there's this kind of like chess game that those two are always playing. And the the brother the brother relationship that, that Xavier and Magneto have uh, throughout such a long life is amazing. It's one of the best stories told in comic books. I think is the yes. long life of Xavier and Magneto kind of going back and forth, playing this eternal chess game, and and watching Magneto's abilities, you know, ebb and flow throughout history of comic books. Where sometimes he's like controlling a meteor that's going or whatever around Earth, <laughs> and other times yep. he's just moving metals across a bridge or something like that. And it's just so cool to see what he can do. <laughs> yes. 
100%. And the fact that we've gotten to see not only one good live action Magneto, Magneto but two, like Surian yep. McKellen and Michael Fassbender. Are you kidding? Yeah, we got lucky. We got very lucky. <laughs> like, so good. Yeah. I would take Fassbender as the MCU Magneto in a heartbeat. I'd be very, Absolutely. very happy back. He is amazingly talented. That's a great pick. I got to have that. Like I was saying earlier, I got to have that Sentinel scene where he's just using a Sentinel hand as his throne <laughs> flying through the air. Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, so I, I will say I also chose Magneto because I can kind of like squeak it Onslaught like super fast just because I love Onslaught's design. Yeah. And so... Like, I'm not going into that character. I just wanted to mention Onslaught because I love him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's cheating. <laughs> of course he's, you do. Like, that's like, he's 90s gold, dude. Like, let's put points on him. <laughs> let's make everything sharp. <laughs> yes. If, if I had to pick two images that are 90s, it would be Onslaught and Dark Claw from a Malcolm. I swear to God, I knew you were going to say Dark Claw. <laughs> 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 so yeah. many points and stabby things <laughs> and of course it's like can i get a full back tattoo of dark claw <laughs> you know? yes yeah. uh, yes absolutely it can be so dope <laughs> uh-huh love it <laughs> oh man all right magneto was definitely a great choice for your number two um tough to beat for sure uh my number one is dr doom uh, yes. how the marvel hasn't fully embraced his character yet i mean like well i know that they have the whole fantastic four stuff and they're really gonna be cooking with him and again, my whole list is try to get them more into the mainstream, more into the MCU. I want Doctor Doom to be our next Loki-level villain. I don't want him to be one and done. And I don't even want him to be the big Thanos villain. I want him to be the villain that's always there that sometimes sides with us. Like, he's a really great villain when you're needing to fight against Annihilus. He would help you with Annihilus. Galactus, he would be there to help you. Meanwhile, he has, you know, the kingdom of Latveria, and he's just like, look, I gotta <laughs> take care of my people. So he has that kind of, like, T'Challa, Black Panther, uh, Wakanda vibe too, where it's like, yeah, I'm with the Avengers because it's what's best for Wakanda. And so like, if he's ever doing anything good, it's like, it's what's best for my people. That aside, he mixes like science and magic together. How could you hate that? That's so, that's your so Dr. Strange good. and your Iron Man in one big suit. I yep. mean, Illuminati magic, he's just, I can't wait for the world to see a really great version of Dr. Doom because it will shake people in the way that I think Loki has been doing for a while now. Over the last 10 years. I think people have really realized like how cool Loki is. That'll happen soon with Doctor Doom, I think. I 100% agree. And I agree with you so much that it is also my number one. Nice! We are <laughs> on the same page. Yeah. Yes. I, th there's no way I couldn't choose Doctor Doom as my number one. When we, when we covered Doctor Doom a few months ago, we had uh, Chris from the Oblivion Bar on. And it's his favorite it's his favorite villain period it's yeah. like victor von doom is an unbelievably compelling character not only does he match like reed richards in intellect but he also can go up against dr strange and literally fought to become sorcerer supreme that <laughs> that's just he, crazy. he blends his intelligence with the mystic arts has an, an incredibly powerful suit that is man-made but imbued by magic that the Hulk tries to punch and it does practically nothing to it. Mm. There is so much about this character that is horrifying, 
in- endearing, like gra- the grav gravitas that this character carries yeah. is unbelievably powerful. It is palpable how cool this character really is. And the I hadn't read much Doctor Doom before we did this episode of the character, and I was instantly hooked. It, he jumped immediately to the top of my list of favorite villains, and you are 100% correct in the way he should be used in the MCU. He should never be a one-and-done character. He should never be the ultimate bad. He needs to be the character that's always there. Yeah. And like he could intersect with any storyline too. I mean, even in the X-Men and stuff like that, you yes. got a Doctor Strange story. I would love to see him working alongside Doctor Strange, which has there's actually uh was it Strange and Doom or Strange Doom or something like that, yes. a comic run where the two are working together. Um, yep. and then boom, right again, right on maybe he's helping Ironheart over here. Like you have so many options with him. It's fantastic. Uh, and then of course he's a bad guy. I keep putting him like as a good guy in all these situations, but he's definitely a villain. Yeah, he would be really great. Do you have off the top of your head any casting ideas for this character? Because the personality again, there's that mix of gravitas and just like full on badassery. What what kind of character? What kind of actor are you uh, pitching for this character? Oh man, that is tough. I, I feel like at one point I had a character like an actor in mind, but it kind of went away. I I think at one point I I wanted uh, Oscar Isaac, but obviously Oscar Isaac is going to be Moon Knight now. Yeah. Uh, oh man, do you have somebody in mind? I'm trying to. I'm trying to I, think. I do. Yeah. And yeah. It's Jeffrey Jeffrey D. Morgan. Ooh, Just holy crap! Somebody that would pull the screen to him anytime the camera's anywhere near him. Like I, I, that guy just takes. The, I mean, like of course, him as Negan is just like outstanding. And the fact that they're now not going to have him as Thomas Wayne, which is atrocity. Oh, um, that's awful. Then yeah, okay, fine. Let's make him Doctor Doom. Then if you're going to do that to me, <laughs> you know. Yeah. That. Oh. That's a good choice. I I love Jeffrey Dean Morgan, so that'd be a good one. Let me see. I pulling up pulling up one of those you know top list who should play. Let's see if there's anything <laughs> anything reasonable. Oh, these are all horrible so far. This is not good. <laughs> oh, look at that. There is Oscar Isaac on this person's list. Uh, a good nope. Choice. Nope. Ooh, that's a cool one. So one of them has Cillian Murphy. Cillian, but I. I could see him playing Doctor Doom, but I think he's a very different character. Ooh, there's just a photo of Vigo Mortensen on here as it. I oh, could see yeah. Vigo Mortensen playing Doctor Doom too. But it, I feel like it really depends on who they've chosen for uh, Reed Richards. Just because if they want to follow storylines, comic storylines, they will generally be around the same age. Mm-hmm. So I, I think we'll have a better idea of who's playing Victor after we find out who is playing Reed. That's a really good point. Plus the two have so many great dialogue moments that they have to really work well together. You have to find somebody that, that's going to feed off of each other so well. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good point. It'll be interesting. Those, those cast, casting announcements need to be at You know what? Now that I'm saying it, now that I'm thinking about it, you know, you had that uh, Killian Murphy on there, put Tom Hardy as one of the other two because they were both in, um, God, what's that? I love that freaking show too. Peaky Blinders and their yes, dialogue uh-huh. moments I'm all about. So that'd be great. I don't know. This, Tom Hardy, I think, is more the the thing than he is <laughs> Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. Reed Richards, but that'd be a lot of fun to see. Yeah. I, I, I would love to see an MCU version of the Doctor Strange, Doctor Doom, Triumph and Torment yeah. uh, comic, just because that's where 
they have that uh, uh there's like a tournament type of thing to see who is going to be the next sorcerer supreme and so dr strange and victor go against each other and then there's a plot twist and there's so many cool things like just dr doom comics in general are amazing so being able to to see that on screen like if even if we just got a dr doom movie because his origin is so good i would be all about that yeah and and more about him being the leader of, of his kingdom and stuff like that really cool I, right now they're doing i believe in the comic books they're doing his wedding right in the fantastic four if, if you're familiar with what's going on right now mm-hmm. that's going yeah. on right i believe so yeah i yeah. i am i'm trying to catch up on one i'm trying to catch up on fantastic four books and uh dr doom stuff so i'm i'm stuck in not modern comics. I am very far behind. Yeah, yeah. I, did I feel you? I've, I've, I've gotten to the point now because you know, there's the people we interview and stuff like that that are indie guys. So I'm reading those. Plus, it's like okay, I'll just read whatever Donnie Cates does for now to just kind of narrow it down, and yeah. then you know, go from there. It's just too much. <laughs> and DC's yes, got to add Future State stuff. Come on, guys. How many different Batman comics do we need? We don't need that many. <laughs> uh huh. Tough right now. <laughs> there's too oh, many yeah. books to read. There's too many good storylines right now. All right, so uh, we got our list out, guys. I'll put these in. Uh, well, we don't want to. We'll put them on the socials once we publish this episode. But for now, where can everybody find you guys at for more updates? Yeah, yeah. So we're on all social medias at CBKCast. Uh, any of your favorite podcasting streaming platforms, we're there. So Comic Book Keepers, we'd be happy to hear any recommendations anyone has for future characters you'd like us to cover. Where I am very active on Twitter. That's where if you wanted to message me or talk about nerdy stuff, because I'm always down to talk about that, hit me up on Twitter. And maybe you'll see a TikTok every once in a while. I don't know. I don't know (laughs) what I do on there. But yeah, that's where you can find me. All right, guys, we're going to put the links TikTok first in the description. (laughs) Yes, the most important. Guys, get on the TikTok game. Check it out over there. Uh, They'll all be in the description. You guys can check those out. I thank you very much for joining me. I appreciate it. Of course, man. It was a pleasure. Thank you. All right, guys. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.